0: What group chipped in $10 each to make a record in the recording studio? You'll get the answer to that question later on. This is Dr. Marv Rosenberg of the Safaris of Image of a Girl fame, and I'd like to welcome you to the show, The Anatomy of a Hit, the show that will give you the inside story of a hit from its birth to its development to it reaching the charts. Today we will be talking about a 1958 number one classic by the teddy bears. Yes, it's to know him is to love him by the Teddy Bears. A number one record bringing back so many memories. The Teddy Bears were three young high school kids from Fairfax High School in Los Angeles. The members were Phil Spector, Marshall Lieb, and Annette Kleinbard, later known as Carol Connors. Young Phil Spector spent many nights in his room during the mid-50s, playing his guitar and dreaming of how he was going to conquer the world of rock and roll, or at the very least, to make a hit record. The enticing music business scene was so close, just a few dozen blocks away. His father had suffered from depression and committed suicide in 1949. A few years later, his mother moved the family out of the Bronx, New York, to Hollywood, California geographically placing Phil a short bus ride from several recording studios located on Melrose Avenue, Vine Street, and Sunset in Santa Monica, here in Los Angeles. Marshall Lee, a like-minded music fan, shared his ambition, though not necessarily had the obsession with music as much as Phil did. The two close friends formed a group when a younger student, Annette Kleinbart, joined the group with her soprano voice that took them to the top. Phil had been spending a lot of time hanging around Hollywood's Gold Star studio, his desire to get involved making him quite a nuisance there. Once he realized he could make a record for as little as thirty or forty dollars, he hit up each of his singing partners for ten dollars to make a record. The lead singer, Annette, now referred to as Carol, In an interview with Music.Film explains how she became a member of the Teddy Bears.
1: Phil Spector, the infamous, (laughs) fell in love with my singing voice when I was in junior high school. And one day he came up to me and he said, Annette, my roommate, my roommate, Annette, you have $10? And I went, $10? I don't have 10 cents. (laughs) He said, well, if you can get together $10, you can come cut a record with us. Wow! And I'll write a song for your voice. I'll throw that in. Jeez. And I said, "Well, I have to go to my mom and dad." So I went to Phil and I handed him the ten dollars, and he said, "Okay, you're in the group. That's all." That's it took for go ten bucks. Ten. Bucks. And you want to be a star? And That's I it. That. I was, wow. So, we went to the studio.
0: A brainstorming session between Phil, Marshall, and Carol resulted in the group's name, The Teddy Bears, inspired by Elvis Presley's smash, Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear. Phil then scheduled the session to record an up-tempo tune he'd written called Don't You Worry My Little Pet. It was recorded in May 1958 with Gold Star's Stan Ross engineering the rapid-fire Spectre-produced recording Featuring Phil on guitar, overdubs of other instruments, and added layered vocals of the group harmony, accomplished by singing along to the song's first or second take. After two hours, he had a master tape of the finished song and a demonstration record. Let's hear a portion of that song. Don't You Worry, My Little Pet, that they recorded that day. <laughs> Making a nuisance of himself once again, Phil took the disc around town and actually convinced Herb Newman and Lou Bedell of Error Records to take the song. The record company liked the group but told them they needed stronger material, so Phil went back home to write another song. Phil Spector was inspired to write this next song in early 1958 by a photograph of his father Ben's tombstone that said, To have known him was to have loved him. Phil changed the tense of the epitaph and came up with a song, To Know Him is to Love Him. So one night, he called Carol, the lead singer, to tell her he wrote this song and wanted her opinion, to know what she thought of it. Here's Carol Connors again in that same interview discussing the phone call from Phil and rehearsing the song and the recording of the song. Listen.
1: Two weeks later, he calls me in the middle of the night. Guess what I was doing? Before this. <laughs> my homework. Okay, oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, junior high, of course. I was doing my homework.
2: Doing your homework.
1: I was going into high school, but I wasn't there yet. And uh, he plays it for me. No, no. That's how Phil sounds. No, him. Yes. And he said, what do you think? What do you think? And I went, oh, it, it's, it's really nice. So he said, be here tomorrow. We're going to rehearse. We're going back in and we're going to cut it. I said, but Phil, I don't have a car. Because he would always pick us up. Yeah. And I have no way to get there. He said, take the bus. So I did, because I, I lived way down, and he was up at Fairfax High. And went to his house, and he, his mother was always screaming. Mother Bertha, holy screaming. Surely they were screaming and screaming. Wow. So we left, I think that was on Hayworth, and we went to Marshall Leeb's garage where we re- rehearsed. We rehearsed it, we went into the studio. I did it in two takes, one for balance, one all the way through, never, ever spliced
0: a word. Two tracks. Wow. The song was released on ERA's subsidiary label, Dory Records, headed by Lou Bedell in August 1958, but it was issued as the B-side of don't You Worry, My Little Pet, which we heard earlier. The owner of Dory Records, Lou Bedell, I knew fairly well. I had a record with a previous group I was in called The Dories. We had a song released on Lou Bedell's label. What is interesting about Lou Bedell is his philosophy on releasing records. He believed if a record was heard on a station three times, you would know whether it was a hit or not. If there was no indication of record sales or wanting to hear the song again and again by the public, he pretty much would give up on the record as far as promotion was concerned. Dory Records mailed out 500 copies of the single to radio stations in early August 1958, but there was no great initial reaction to the recording. However, in September of that year, 1958, a disc jockey in Fargo, North Dakota, began playing the B-side to Know Him Is To Love Him. Soon, an order came into the Dory offices from a Minneapolis distributor requesting 18,000 copies. Within a week, the song was on the national music charts. There are other artists who recorded To Know Him, Is To Love Him. Let's hear a few. Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt had a number one country song in 1987 with this song. Here's a portion of it. and Gordon reached number 24 in 1965 with their version. number 34 in 1969 titling it To Know You Is To Love You To know,
2: know, know you Is to love, love, love you Just to see you smile Makes my life worthwhile to know, no know, know you Is to love, love, love you And I do, and I do, yes I do
0: Here is an R&B arrangement to the song by the Hooter Sisters. Listen. Beatles, in 1963, would you believe, did a version of it as well. To know, know, know her,
3: is to love, love, love her, just to see a smile, makes my life worth what it's just to know.
0: What is interesting about the melody of To Know, is To Love, is that some critics said it was a slowed-down melody very similar to the song When the Red, Red Robin comes bop, bop, bopping along. What do you think? Here is a piece of the melody of the Red, Red Robin song. Here's the melody to To Know Him Is To Love Him. To know,
2: know, know, him is to love, love, love him.
0: So what's your opinion? What happened to each of the teddy bears after their one-hit wonder days? We know that Phil Spector's career took off and he went on to be a top producer of so many hits for the Ronettes, the Crystals, The Righteous Brothers, and even produced some records by The Beatles. Marshall Lee produced records for several years. His best-known production was the 1963 minor hit by The Ribbons called Ain't Gonna Kiss Ya. Let's hear a portion of that. Annette, after she adopted the pseudonym Carol Connors, established herself as a songwriter with Hey Little Cobra, co-penned with her brother Marshall Kleinbard. Lets her a portion of that record by the Rip Chords, reaching number four in
2: 1963. Hey little Cobra, don't you know you're gonna
3: shut up? down? I took my Cobra down the track, hitched to the back of my Cadillac. Every
2: Days. Spring little your all your Hey, little cobra, don't you know you're going to
3: shut down?
0: Carol continued a successful career writing songs with a few film scores. She received two Oscar nominations in the Best Song category, Gonna Fly Now, co-written with Bill Conti and Anne Robbins, the famous theme from the blockbuster 1976 movie Rocky. Later on, she co-wrote a song with David Shire, the brilliant With You, I'm Born Again, a 1980 smash hit by Billy Preston and Sarita. Listen. Come bring me your softness.
3: Comfort me through all this madness.
2: Woman, don't you know with you I'm born
3: again.
2: Come, give me your sweetness Now there's you, there is no weakness Lying safe within your arms, I'm born again I was half, not whole,
3: instead
2: with none reaching this world in need of one.
0: Remember then radio.com. All oldies, all the time.
2: Remember then radio. The soundtrack of our lives, playing all the oldies on that you can't rely. We are your best companion every single night and day. So join us for sweet memories that will surely come your way.
0: Let's hear a few more covers of To Know Him Is To Love Him. Here are the Shirelles who had so many hits such as Will You Love Me Tomorrow and Soldier Boy with their rendition.
2: To know, know, know him is to love
0: Slick Gore of It's My Party and You Don't Owe Me fame recorded the song as well. Black in England also had a rendition. Recorded an acoustic guitar version of the song, which received raved reviews.
2: To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. Just to see that smile makes
0: my
2: life worthwhile. No, no, no love him it's to love, love, love him And I do, and I do, and I do
0: Carol was also known to have dated the king, Elvis Presley, for about nine months. Here is Carol explaining how they met, the first thing Elvis said after that meeting, and what he was like and about their dating relationship.
1: Well, you know, Bob Hope said that Elvis was a really good, clean American boy. Is that actually true? Because I understand that you dated him. Dated him? He was my first boyfriend. Ugh, wow. Nine months. I was so stupid, I didn't have a baby.
0: I didn't have a baby!
1: And were you like totally shocked of how... Elvis loved my voice. Didn't know me, but one of his... Memphis Mafia guys came up to me one day in a market and said, <laughs> Aren't you the girl that sang To Know Him she is probably, to Love Him? I probably followed you. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. And I said, Yeah, I am. He said, Elvis loves to know Him is to love Him and would love to meet you. And I went, Yeah, right. He said, um, I'll give you a call and I'll set up you coming to the house. My first impression of Elvis was I walked down these steps. And I looked up and there was this, how can I, He um, I love cats, I have Abyssinian kitty cats. He almost looked like a gorgeous cat. I mean, the way he moved, his movements were very fluid, very beautiful actually. And uh, he came up to me and he said, oh, I can imitate him. Why'd you name the group of oh, teddy that's bears? What? Why'd you name the group the teddy bears? Those were his, the first words Elvis ever watch said. Why'd you name the group the teddy, teddy bears? Teddy bears, that was the name of our group. Not even, hi, or just, why you name the group the teddy yeah. bears? And I, I looked at him, and I didn't know what to say. I mean, here was Elvis Presley standing in front of me, and I went, just want to be your teddy bear, and that started our love affair. Oh, that's so cute. So he thought. So where did he take you to dinner that night? At the place, didn't leave the house. He never, he never let. He did not want to go out. He did not go to premieres. He did not go out. Everything was brought in because he doesn't because he didn't want to get mobbed or because he was a recluse. I think both. Interesting. I think a he did not want to get mobbed, but I think part of Elvis was also very reclusive, Hmm. very reclusive. So one time he calls me. He was in Seattle doing another movie, and he didn't like to fly, and he called me from, I don't know, a cell, he didn't have a cell phone. There were no Pay cell phones. phones at the time. And my mother answered the oh phone. God. Now you got it. my mother this was Polish not- Polish Jewish a, woman, Little probably didn't speak <laughs> much English. No, she did. She, I'll never forget this. She, I, I can imitate my late mother. She lived till 99. anetala there's an Elvis Presley on the phone for, for you. Oh my, she didn't know who he was? she knew oh that's but she wasn't a big fan oh you know because of those hips
0: my group the safaris also did backup vocals for Carol Connors when she recorded a solo record for Columbia Records here is a portion of one of the two songs we recorded it is called you are my answer went to Fairfax High School with the teddy bears Phil Spector was a head cheerleader Phil and Marshall Lee were in a social club called the Barons and Carol Connors was in a social club I believe called Kappa Pi I hope you enjoyed this episode of the anatomy of a hit before we go here is the entire original song we talked about today to Know Mr. Lovin by the Teddy Bears. This is Dr. Marv Rosenberg of the Safaris. Thanks for listening to The Anatomy of a Hit. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>